Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem. This week on the show, we're going to talk about addiction. Uh, we're going to talk about recovery. And don't tune out now if you're hearing this and you're thinking, well, I, I don't have a drinking problem, so this isn't for me. This is for everybody. We all deal with addiction in some form. Uh, so we're going to explore that today. We're going to explore recovery, universal recovery, something for everybody. I uh, just want to get that out there because we have, there's stigma around it and we have this notion that some people deal with it and, and some people don't. And that's just not the case. Um, we're going to also talk about doing the work. You hear people say doing the work a lot. And so I want to explore what that means. And I think it's going to be a great show. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. If you love the show, please rate it, review it. Uh, Spotify, you can rate and review now. Apple Music, you can rate and review. We did on the last week's show put a couple of songs on, so that was cool. Um, and we'll continue to do some of that. If there's anything that you would like to hear about on the show, like a topic or a guest, please email me at tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com or DM me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram game has been up as of late, meaning like I'm, I'm back in it. I'm making reels. I'm making cool stuff. I started filming some things around Mexico. Um, I'm going to start doing interviews this week. I mentioned that on the last show where we talked about ego. Um, on Fridays, the interview shows are going to drop. And on Sundays, the message shows like what we're talking about today are going to drop. So you can look forward to Fridays and Sundays. That's the new schedule. Um, if you would like counseling, coaching, one-on-one -on -one work, you can also email me at tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com. I've got courses about to drop. I've got a great course called the Quick Fix 6 that's coming out right away here. Should be out this week. So by the time you hear this, the course will be out. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, exploration in a daily practice for anyone, whether you're experienced with yoga or you're brand new. Um, I think you'll find this to be really beneficial. I created it during these two years of trying to figure out uh, what do I want to teach and how do I want to teach it and how do I make this as universally uh, accessible as possible. And I know that there's a lot of people struggling with addiction, struggling with anxiety, struggling with depression, and that bit of structure that comes from a daily practice is a great, great medicine. So if you could use support in that, please check out the Quick Fix 6 all of this is available at tiagoprem.com. So go to tiagoprem.com and you can check out the courses. I've been writing a lot. You can check out the journal there and you can also check out the videos like uh, this one if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on the other audio uh, podcast platforms. Go over to the YouTube, Revealing the Diamond with Tiago Prem and check it out. All right. I think that's good for now. Let's get into this week's topic where we're going to explore the world of addiction. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I've, I'm very open about my recovery, about the process with addiction and that sort of thing. And since we started this new season of the show, we've been talking about um, sort of like how we got here. Like we talked about leaving Canada and starting a new uh, life and with a commitment to be in summer. Uh, we talked a little bit about ego and explorations in Western and Eastern traditions. And uh, this week, I want to sort of look at all of the experiences that I've had. So longtime listeners, you'll, you'll get another uh, look at my recovery journey. And I spoke about this in previous episodes, but we'll do it through the uh, where I'm at now and speak to addiction and recovery. So uh, it, it can meet you where you're at in your journey. So that's my approach for today. And the way I want to do it is I wrote a uh, letter called A Letter on Addiction recently, and, and we'll put this up on the blog at tiagoprem.com. You can check out the blog. But I wrote this letter, and I, I just I was talking to a friend uh, who was going through a challenge where there was a person in their life who they believed had, like, maybe, like, because of trauma, had a entity attached to them 
or, you know, it's kind of like, it's a lot like addiction where it's like when you hear entity, you may think, oh, geez, I don't know if I resonate with that. But hear me out for a second. If you're a little like some of us are very open and of course there's entities and and beings without bodies. But some of us, uh, we have a prejudice towards beings without bodies like angels or spirits or that kind of thing. So bear with me, everybody. But the idea is it's like, have you ever had this happen to you or in a relationship with another person where um, you know they have a good heart and they keep making these commitments or these promises to um, show up for you and and they genuinely, sincerely mean it, but they keep breaking the promise, falling back into other patterns, habits that are harmful, and you wonder, why is this person hurting me? Why do they say one thing and do another? Has anyone experienced that? I would assume we've all experienced that in some way, whether we're the one doing it or on the receiving end of it, I would imagine that most of us have experienced both. And so this friend of mine was saying, you know, they had a friend that is really a beautiful being but they keep falling into this pattern that's causing harm to my friend. And my friend is wondering, like, maybe I need to pray over this person and ask that this uh, entity, this ego issue that's happening, would release its grip on them so that they could embody that part of themselves that is so thoughtful and kind and loving and creative and not keep being derailed, not only for their relationship, but for the benefit of the person that they care about who keeps being self-destructive. Is that making sense? So I thought, I said to my friend, like, that is beautiful. Yes, pray for them, and let me know how it goes. And so they uh, prayed for this person, and they were open to it. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, if somebody's really in the... In the um, entity attached to them, whatever it might be, a mental health issue, uh, addiction issue, some kind of block in their life that is keeping them from showing up how they how they really truly want to show up. You know, I, we all have challenges. I'm not, uh, I'm not speaking to like a perfect person. We all have our challenges, but I'm talking about, this is where the addiction piece comes in that I mentioned at the start of the conversation here, was that the addiction piece is when you continue to repeat a behavior that is causing harm to yourself and others, and you genuinely want to stop participating in the behavior, but you keep doing it. That's addiction. You have some pattern or behavior that's causing harm to yourself and or others that you want to stop but you keep participating in the behavior. You genuinely want to stop, but it just keeps happening. And the more you happen, more you happen to participate in that, the deeper the groove gets and the harder it is to get out of it because you don't even see how much harm it's causing. You see when there are massive, you know, mushroom clouds of destruction, but you don't even notice the subtle harm that's happening, especially to yourself. Does that make sense? So that's what I'm speaking to. I'm not speaking to, you know, like some of us are grumpy sometimes, or, you know, I'm talking about uh, addictive behavior that is really harmful. Uh, it could be narcissism. It could be, um, that's a big one. It could be uh, alcoholism, drug use. It could be uh, dishonesty, um, trust issues. It could be a lot of things. And so, if the person is open to prayer, that's a great starting point. And so this particular person was open to prayer. And so they they prayed and they talked about life and and traumas and why uh, they keep repeating this behavior. And they explored a little bit of the past. And in the prayer session, uh, spirit moved and there was levity that came out of that. And there was a healing that came out of that. And that is so amazing. I thank God for that. It gives me goosebumps even to say that. And, and I know that uh, the power of faith uh, and the, when two come together 
in the name of love and in the name of healing, some incredible things can happen if we open our hearts and open our minds and really connect. And so this, this happened. And I had to, you know, I gave it a couple days and then I, I had to send the, like the fine print, you know, they say like, read the fine print. It's like, oh yes, you, you may have experienced a healing, but uh, I would really like you to read the fine print on this one, just so you know. And the fine print was a message saying, prayer, amazing. Um, a commitment to change, amazing. A promise to do better, wonderful, great starting point. However, has anybody ever gone to a church service and had a profound awakening experience and you feel like, I want to be like this forever, and then the next day you're back to the old harmful behaviors? Or you go on a meditation retreat and you come away just feeling clear and you're ready to you know, make amends and practice forgiveness, and a week after the retreat, you're in a worse state than you were before you went. Uh, I mean, I have. I actually warn people who have done trainings with my partner and I that you, know, you, you may be having these big healings, doing this work for yourself and on yourself, but be warned that you're, you may have some high, high hopes for how... <laughs> how you're going to keep doing this when you get back into your regular routine and in your job and in your relationships and that kind of thing. But just know that this high, this mountain peak top that you're on right now has a valley with it. And it's not meant to discourage. It's just meant to remind that uh, we're going to have to develop some strength training and some patience training in order to uh, face that polarity and show up and, and do the work. Or people go and they have an, an experience with psychedelics, with uh, plant medicine like ayahuasca or something, and, and they have this mind-expanding experience where they can see what has been causing the pain in their life, and then they go back to all of the trigger points in their relationships and in their job and in all of those things, and the, the revealing starts to fade, and then you sort of fall into the same patterns. Now... You are different. After the prayer, you are different. After the plant medicine, you are different. After the forgiving or the making of amends, you are different. But it's changing you deep inside. And then what happens on the surface stays the same, and it can be really loud after a big change like that, a big awakening... It can be really loud outside of you, and you can be convinced by ego or the devil or whatever you want to call it, this, this maya, this otherness, can convince you that that change didn't happen, that you're still stuck in the same old bullshit, and it can be sneaky. It might not be the feeling of like, you know, oh, poor me. It might be like you're back hurting the people you said you wouldn't hurt, and you didn't even notice you were doing it. And then if that starts to happen a little more, you drop right back into the groove. So what I was saying to my friend about the fine print was, yes, bless them, yes, forgive them, yes, pray with them, and be aware that it's going to probably take days, weeks, months, years, in my case, years, for them to actually do the work for that change that did happen to take effect on all the layers of their being, mentally, physically, sexually, spiritually, um, you know, in, in their programming and their familial line lineage and and all of the aspects of we're, we're these incredibly dynamic beings, you know, and, and the change can take place. And I want to be clear, miracles can happen. There are people who, who are prayed over and they change like that. It's, a, it's possible. And I can only speak from my own personal experience and my own personal experiences. These changes happen and then we work to accommodate the change, to facilitate the change, to embody the change, the transformation, and it begins to uh, seep in to all the areas of our being, but we need to keep doing the work to move it along, okay? 
So I, I, my intention was not to discourage this beautiful friend who had this beautiful experience. It's a beautiful experience. Any amount of transformation and change and awakening is to be celebrated. And the people who are facilitating that, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you to the fullest. Thank you. Thank you for doing the work. And we're all doing the work in, in some capacity to the best of our ability. Um, but in my experience, you know, I, I said sorry to so many people as I was struggling with my addiction to drugs and alcohol. And I genuinely, when I said sorry, meant it. And I genuinely wanted to stop. But I'd go back. I'd go back to the same patterns. I'd go back to the same harmful behavior. I'd go back to the substances. I'd go back on a binge. I'd go back on my word. And every time I would go back, I would break trust, not only with the other person, but with myself. And in doing so, I would try and get away from God. I would try and get away from my, my, my spirit, my you know, inner knowing. And every time I would break trust and go away from that, the next time I was in the groove, the carnage would be more expansive and more... Uh, catastrophic, and it would be harder to put the pieces back together. Now, in some ways, that was beneficial because it pushed me to actually make the change eventually. But I don't want to wish that kind of pain and suffering on anyone. I'm hoping that by being open and sharing this, um, that the wisdom of experience can be passed on and you don't have to suffer to the same degree that I have in my life to wake up. That's the service part of why I do this podcast, why I share what I share, why I teach yoga, meditation, etc. And I think when we get to the letter, it'll make sense. But I've had to do a lot of work, 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 and it's been great work, it's been hard work, and I haven't always known where I'm going, but I knew I had to go. Anybody with me on that? Like you've heard me, if you've heard me talk about addiction and recovery, say, from the moment the beer bottle touched my lips as a 13-year-old boy, I knew that alcohol was not for me. But I kept going because I wanted to fit in. I wanted attention. I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be cool. And then as I did it more and more, I kind of liked the feeling, but... From the beginning, the pain that came coupled, paired with the feeling, wasn't worth it. But I kept going back. And it's because I was insecure. I was insecure to share my faith, my feelings. I just wanted girls to like me, guys to like me. I wanted to be loved and to have attention. And if I was drinking and partying and doing that whole thing, I was able to get that love and attention, but it always came with, one of my teachers said, a shadow. I said, one of my teachers was saying, you know, he's in, in his 80s now, and he was saying, did you know that they make cookies out of cannabis? <laughs> and I said, yes, I, I did know that. And he said, well, my daughter gave me one, and uh, I, it was amazing. I just sat in this chair, like staring into space, like the cosmos, not like dis distracted, but I could see the planets and the stars. And I was, I said, wow, that's incredible. Do you think you, do it, you would do that again? And he said, I don't think so. I said, really? Why? I mean, it sounds like you had an amazing experience. And he said, it came with a shadow. The way I felt after... It just wasn't worth it. And I thought, wow, there's a teaching in there for me because that's what would happen to me. I would love being high and partying and laughing and playing loud music and going fast. and But putting the pieces back together when I'd hurt other people, when I'd lied to other people, when I'd gotten into fights, when I'd you know, been dishonest, when I all these things that I did when I was uh, using, it, it wasn't worth it. The shadow was too much for me to bear. And so I had to do the work. So I'm going to go through this letter uh, on today's episode, and then in going through the letter, I think we'll have some insights, 
And if you know anybody who's struggling with addiction, please do pass this on. And also, as I mentioned at the start of the show, this, like the uh, conversation that brought this letter on with a friend who had another friend of theirs who was struggling with a pattern, it was not related to substance abuse. It was related to the addiction to a pattern in their life that they knew was hurting themselves and others, but they, despite their best intentions, couldn't leave it behind. It kept coming back in and coming back in and coming back in. So I just want to be clear on that so that we, we can all relate to this no matter what path we're on. You know, unless you're sitting there going, I don't really have any patterns that are negative. And, and if that's the case, you probably did at some point. And so maybe this will sh share some insight that will uh, be of benefit um, to you and your loved ones. A letter on addiction. And I'll put this on the blog, tiagoprem.com. A letter on addiction. To all the people I hurt while I was drinking and taking drugs, I'm so sorry. That's a great place to start. Admit that there's a problem, right? Step one, admit that there's an issue. If, if you don't even see there's an issue, you're in a relationship and the person's saying, every time you do that, it really hurts me, and you go, I don't know what you're talking about, in some form, that's a simplified version, then you're not, you're not ready to work through this. And if you're the person pointing out the issue and they're not hearing you, they're not ready that doesn't mean they'll never be ready. That's where the prayer is wonderful. Dear God, please help this person to see that their behavior is hurting them and keeping them from the person that you've called them to be. Open their eyes, open their mind, open their heart. That's, that's your work right now. Pointing it out, eh, it might push them away from the healing that they need. So give it to God or... Whoever, whoever that makes sense for you, you know, I like the word God. To all the people I hurt while I was drinking and taking drugs, I'm sorry. From the moment the bottle touched my lips, I knew it wasn't for me, and yet I kept going back to the bottle. When I was sick from the drugs, from the drinking, from the lies, I would pray to be free from the bondage of addiction, and then I would go back again. That's the addiction part. I don't want this. This is not for me. It's causing me pain. I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, I'm going to do it again. That's the hungry ghost realm they talk about in the Buddhist teachings, right? It's like these entities that uh, their bellies are so swollen that, and they want to eat so badly, swollen from hunger, but their mouths can't open wide enough to take in food, and so they're just stuck in this routine of being starving and in order to to not be starving anymore we need nourishing patterns and those nourishing patterns are going to take time like you know I have these stretched earlobes you don't just like crank open the ear and stuff in a <laughs> an earring over time you stretched a little bit and you stretched a little bit and you stretched a little bit and then years later you have big holes in your ears same thing a little bit of prayer, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of yoga, a little bit of shifting the diet, a little bit of amends, a little bit of deep sleep, a little bit of cold exposure, a little bit of therapy, a little bit of whatever the thing is, there's so many things and your path is going to be unique. But that little bit with consistency is going to start to nourish that belly and the starving frequency will become a nourished frequency. And it's in that nourished frequency that, you know, there's faith, there's hope, there's joy, there's strength, there's resilience. And it's all there, even in the starving being. It's not just, it's just not being exercised. <laughs> and exorcised, if you know what I mean. Okay? All right, here we go. And if you were watching me do this, not this, this podcast, but if you were watching me in this cycle, 
You probably wondered how or why I would do such a thing. You probably saw me as a liar or as manipulative, perhaps even as weak or flaky. And here's the deal. I genuinely wanted to stop. That's the thing about addiction. Yes, there are people who are caught up in it who are like, I don't care anymore. They, they, you know, and they're just not ready to look at it. It's part of the process. But, you know, for me, from my own experience and from working with clients, there comes a time where you genuinely, you're not apologizing to get the person off your back or to score or to, you know, to uh, take advantage of. You genuinely want to stop, but you're becoming powerless to the behavior because the groove of the pattern is so deep and you're starving for nourishment, but you just don't know how to get food because you think there's food in this behavior. It's almost like you start to find comfort in the negative behavior because you're so used to doing it and it supports your a pattern of running away or harming or needing to feel high or block out or whatever your your trip is that you almost find comfort in some strange way in the harmful behavior but you genuinely want to stop and every time my life fell apart I wanted to stop, but I didn't know how. I tried in so many ways. I tried cutting back. I tried cold turkey. I tried living treatment. I tried trading addictions for addictions. And then as time passed, as I tried all these little nibbles, these amuse-bouche, <laughs> a taste of clarity, I would get a little bit of wiggle room, like a little bit of what it feels like to be well, mentally, spiritually, physically. And in that wiggle room that I got from a week of uh, clarity, sobriety, or 30 days or 90 days without a drink or a blowout, I would use that little bit of space to hide my problem so that the yoga students didn't know or my new date didn't know or my new job didn't know just how bad things were behind the scenes. Behind the scenes of that little bit of wiggle room. So I would keep it secret and I would have these little moments of clarity, sobriety, freedom from the pattern, and then something would happen. An argument, a disappointment, a challenging business relationship, a loss, a death, and I would blow it all up again. I'd get drunk, stay out late, lie, cheat, steal, abuse, you name it. And I would find myself broken once again praying to be free from the pattern of addiction. And I want to be clear here. Every prayer, every word, I meant it. I meant it. But God works on God's time. And rebuilding trust takes practice. Not only with others, as I mentioned, but also with ourselves. And every pilgrimage, every early morning devotional time, every commitment to a new faith, every new teacher, every new way of living, I meant it. All of it. But the grip of addiction was so intense that I would go back to the pain, to the bottle, to the lies, and I would find comfort in destructive behavior, a place to go back to when I didn't want to face the challenge in front of me. Deep grooves, 
call them samskaras in yoga, deep grooves. That's the sin that they're talking about in, in the Bible. And it's not a sin like you are born in sin kind of a, a, a aspect or mentality. It's we have the capacity to cause harm and to um, do the wrong thing. We have that capacity. And we also have within us the capacity to bring medicine and healing and compassion and creativity. And we, we have the capacity for both sides. And that's the part of being human. And what we practice... We'll, be, we'll get good at because we are like the creator. We have the power to create. We have this free will to choose the light side or the dark side, the, the Jedi side or the, the dark side of the force. And getting into center through praise, faith, prayer, yoga, communing with nature, whatever it is that you do, you start to, by getting into center, connecting with yourself, you start to be able to, over time, choose that which is nourishing and sustainable. Sustainable to yourself, sustainable to those that you are in relationship with, sustainable with the earth, the water, all sentient beings, to the best of your ability. But knowing that that capacity to cause harm is always there. It's part of being human. And what we practice, as you sow, so shall you reap. It's in Eastern traditions, Western traditions. It's a universal truth. So I would try to run. That's what I would do. That's the addict pattern. Like, oh, this is getting to be too much for me. I'm going to run. And then when I would run, I would always end up back with me. Asking God for help. And every drug and alcohol-fueled binge would remind me of how I didn't want to live like this anymore. The pattern was so ingrained that I didn't know how to stop. And so I would throw myself into the next thing that would help to create a nourishing pattern and frequency to free me from the chains of addictive, destructive behavior. I threw myself into yoga, the Buddha, meditation, fasting, vegetarianism, veganism, Sikhism, mentors, recovery work, tarot cards, tea practice, fitness, nutrition, Jesus, Christianity, the church, the... Somebody save me! And in desperation, I'd go seeking to be free from the pain, from the baggage I've been carrying around with me since I was a boy. 27 years of failed relationships, addiction, depression, and destructive behavior combined with 35 years of genuinely seeking freedom. And when you read that or you hear that, you think, how do those numbers work? I'll tell you how they work. The 27 years is from 13 years old when I started drinking and taking drugs. The 35 years old was up to five. Me and God were like, there's just no, I was in heaven. I was loved and cared for, and I, I don't have any reason from those years to say, you know, I, I wasn't seeking anything. I was living free. And then at about the age of five, I started to seek answers. And it, what a great blessing, you know, asking questions in the church, asking questions of authority figures. Tell me more. How does this work? And I'm serious, y'all. Some people didn't want to have questions like that. They wanted to just push you through school, don't ask questions, children should be seen and not heard. That's one of the great things that resonates with me in the stories about Jesus in the Bible, is that, you know, he's going into, he disappears for three days on his parents when they pilgrimage for the Passover, three days. You know, I'm living down here in Mexico, if I can't see my daughter in the grocery store, I'm freaking out. 
Three days. Can you imagine? Three days. He's 12 years old. He disappears. And they find him in the temple amongst the scholars, reasoning about God, about philosophy, about spirituality, asking questions. And at the time, you know, what I've learned, at the time, you didn't just like step into the ring there. If you're going to throw your hat in for that, you better know what you're talking about or they're going to eat you alive. Because there's all these rules and all this dogma and all this. And he had no problem stepping in, asking questions. And I just think, sweet Jesus, I can relate. Okay? 35 years of genuinely seeking freedom along the path of 27 years of addictive behavior. Coming back to prayer, coming back to God, coming back to meditation, coming back to yoga. And I, I think it's interesting because those of you who have been longtime followers, you know, some people think, well, why couldn't you just stay the same? Like, why couldn't you just become a baptized Sikh? Or why couldn't you just do that kind of yoga? Or why couldn't you just share in that way? And the reason why is the whole purpose of setting my feet on this path of spiritual inclusive contemporary spirituality and sharing transformational lifestyle practices and refining the language of what I share because I'm not a fitness teacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm somewhere in there. You know, how do, how do I define it? And, and the reason why I move through all of these things is that I'm seeking to heal years of, uh, patterns that have caused me to be uh, deficient of nutrients physically, spiritually, mentally, and along the way I've had these aha moments, awakening moments, connections with mentors, teachers, schools of thought, pilgrimages to places like India, uh, deep study, deep meditation, uh, psychedelics work, uh, prayer, praise and worship, forgiveness work, tons of work, and I'm still doing that work, and I will throw myself into whatever it takes to, at first, was to try and free myself from getting stuck in this pattern that was causing harm to myself and others, and I was so sick of it, so I'm like, I didn't have the luxury of like, oh, I'll just try it. I was like, if this will help, I'll do it. Whatever it is, I'll do it, but now it's like, and... How can I, after having that experience, if it's not all that, you know, like some people, you, you know, on the my big fat Greek wedding, there's the father who, who thinks that like any ailment can be cured with Windex. You know what I mean? Well, you know, something, everything can be medicine. Like standing on your head is not going to be for everybody, but I found great benefit in that. Um, learning to read Gurmukhi and studying the lives of the Sikhs, that has been of great benefit for me, but some people aren't going to get that. You know, the, the gospel music, oh, gospel music, wow, I just feel so free when I'm, I'm doing my yoga practice, the gospel music, that's not going to land for everybody. You know, breath work, um, you know, it just, we're so, especially when we're in our pain, like our story is so unique and like I'm like, give me whatever you got, and I will do it. I I don't have any issue doing it. Okay, take this when? I got to do it at four in the morning? I got to do it for how long? Okay, I'll do that. Just to see if it will help. And so many of these things have helped. You know what I'm saying? And the beautiful part about this, so so just before I do that, so anybody who's like, why can't you just stay the same? Because I don't have the luxury to do that. You know, the need for healing is real, y'all. And so I will show up and apply. And and some of you, that's going to relate. And some of you are going to go, well, I liked it better when you were the this version. That's okay. That's okay. We were in relationship at that time, you know, and... That's a blessing. And bless you, and I love you. And if we're going together, let's go together. And if we're not, bless you, I love you. And if we're going together, whatever it is, Jesus, Guru Nanak, 
nature, psychedelics, therapy, you know, deep rest and relaxation, changing your diet because what you what you thought was working for you is no longer working for you. Whatever the thing is that you need to do, my prayer for you is that you would have the wisdom to know what the medicine you need for right now is, and then you would have the strength to show up and do the work so that that healing can take place beyond just the medicine. The medicine being the technique that you're doing, the dogma, the religion, the uh, pill, the plant, the blah, blah, blah. You see what I mean? Because the, the prayer, the prayer is going to help you. But if you just sit around and pray, you're not going to take the action necessary to bring that into fruition so that God's Spirit can work through you. Okay? I think that's clear. The beautiful part is the genuine seeking in me is now leading the way. Where the addiction was leading the way before, the harmful behavior was leading the way before, and then there would be a, a hint of that genuine seeking when I was down and broken and hungover and sad and, and uh, shameful. So that was leading the way for that 27 years. And I'm grateful to say after 27 years, you know, in the past five years or so, that genuine seeking is taken over. It's tipping the scales. And the addiction is still there. Always will be, you know, because I have the potential to cause harm. But I've learned by the grace of God to work with it and not allow it to run my life. So we've prayed over the entity. My family's prayed over the entities attached to me. My grandparents, my great-grandparents, my ancestors who are not in bodies, they continue to support me as I do that work. But the potential for me to go down that path because of ego or devil or whatever you want to call it, it's real. And I'm learning as I go, what are the practices in my daily life that are going to contribute to the faith, strength, joy, hope, that I need to show up resiliency and allow that genuine seeker, my soul, to triumph. I got to participate so that God can do the work through me. If I don't participate, that ego, that devil, can take the wheel quite easily. That's the reality. I heard somebody say, after 25 years of sobriety on a hot, sunny day, they still hear the voice in their head say, you know, a beer would be good right about now. Even though they know that one sip of that beer is probably going to lead to nothing good. 25 years free from that shit. Wow. But there's hope if you do the work. If you do the work. I'm finally seeing that God was there for all of it and in all of it. I was never abandoned. I tried to get away from God. I tried to get away from spirit. I tried to get away from the genuine seeker. But that part of me has always been there. No matter where I try to hide. God was there for all of it. The blessings and the challenges. But it took work. And it continues to be work. But what was impossible or seemed impossible is now my mission. My mess, as they say, has inspired my message, has become the path I walk. And it took more than a prayer. It took more than a month off. It took more than a promise of, I'll never do that again. Yes, those were necessary commitments on the path of recovery, spirituality, call it what you will. But it also took commitment. It took the long, slow grind that produces faith and strength, wisdom and compassion. It took surrender. It took guts to go bravely into whatever was in front of me, a genuine desire to be free. That's why I've done everything that I've done in this, on this path. The different practices, the different faiths, the different teachers, the, that's the genuine seeker 
a genuine desire to be free combined with radical responsibility. I'm taking responsibility and accountability for the harm that I've done. That takes time, y'all. You know, you can say it today, but all that negative behavior is going to creep back in at some point. So be aware, be on guard, be in your prayer practice, be in your yoga practice, be in your rest practice. Okay? Combined with radical responsibility, skillful action, a practice of forgiveness, and a steady commitment to prayer. It took early morning practices. It took asking for forgiveness. It took study. It took diet and nutrition. It took mentorship. It took pilgrimage to sacred sites. It took recovery meetings. It took learning to be a better friend. It took a be be learning to be a better partner, learning to be a better father. It took counseling. It took religion. It took spirituality. And it also took throwing dogma away. It took following a strict routine. It took time in nature. It took failed businesses and successful ones too. It took prayer. It took conversations over tea and tarot. It took growing my hair. It took cutting my hair. It took wearing a turban. It took taking it off. It took walking away and starting again over and over and over and over. It took a return to Jesus. It took leaving the country I was born in. And this list will continue to grow as I live in this body. And I will continue to do what I can to work with my addiction, to heal and be healed, to serve, to walk with God every step of the way, becoming the man that I was born to be. I'm on a mission, y'all, and I know you are too. That's why you're listening to this right now. That's what we call doing the work. And it takes time. In my experience, it takes time. And it's worth it. It takes faith. It takes grit. It takes having the humility to go, I'm going to start again. I know I said I was going to do better and I screwed up. You can start again. If you didn't, if you've never started, you never started a spiritual practice, you never started, you know, to look at your uh, relationship to substance abuse, you can start today. You can start over today. You can start over again and again and again and again and again. That's the grace part. You can always begin again. Because the ego or the devil or whatever you want to call it will tell you things like, I'll never drink again, or you're not worthy of love, or if you don't drink at the party, then people are going to think something's wrong with you, or I'll never hurt that person again and you use that language like never, and when you fall back into it, you feel so weak that you may go to a place of like, I screwed up already, so what's the point? I've caused so much pain already, so what's the point? Who cares? My prayer for you today is that you will be found in knowing that God or your inner knower is in your life to remind you that it will get better, that something good is coming from this, even the worst of the worst, the pain, the disease, the sickness, the death, the feeling betrayed, the whatever it is you're going through, something good is coming from this. If we show up and do the work, even if it's the smallest little thing, like whisper a prayer or, you know, try and do something kind for someone or, you know, just try and say sorry a little more or the people around you just try and be kind or, you know, develop some kind of nourishing practice. And you can always start again. If you screw it up, you can start again. If you screw it up, you can start again. If you screw it up, you can start again. Believe me. But if we put ourselves in fully and trust that something inside of us will be transformed, and the more we connect with that, the more it will start to impact all areas of our life, 
And that genuine seeker, the part of us that wants to be happy and free, that is in everybody, will start to be the navigating guide to our life. And that ego, that devil, is going to keep trying to interject. No matter how in touch you are, how self-aware you are, just remember, you're born in an original blessing, you are whole and complete, and you can engage in this healing process of recovery work, of spiritual practice. You can start today. You can start again. Please do it. The world needs you to show up for you. I'm telling you that. And so it is. Thank you, everybody, for being here and for listening to the show. It's a great honor and a pleasure to be here with you all. Woo! That was a powerful, powerful episode. Uh, looking forward to uh, doing some interviews coming up. If you know someone that you'd like to see on the show, please email me at tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com. Um, if you need support in your recovery and you would like to book one-on-one sessions, that's something that I'm taking new clients right now, please get at me, tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com. Uh, I've got new courses. You know, If you're not ready for that one-on-one work, that's cool. No worries. I've got courses online on the website, tiagoprem.com, that you can do. Just get that quick fix six and start working on it. You know, or, or book recommendations. If you need book recommendations, hit me up. You know, or keep checking the blog. I'll post the prayer that I shared today up there uh, so y'all can, can read that and share it with your friends. If you want more content like that, get on the mailing list. You can join that also on the website, tiagoprem.com. So that's it for this week. Um, if you would like to sponsor the show, please let me know. I'm going to connect with some of our previous sponsors and see where they're at. But if that's something that you'd like to do, let me know. And uh, if you would like to come down to Mexico and do a little uh, Revealing the Diamond retreat action, I think that's something that we need to do in the coming, uh, coming months here. So stay tuned for that. Love you all so much. Thanks for tuning in, listening. Be kind to each other out there and pray for one another. That's it. You know, I, re I read recently in the Bible was all these reminders from when I was younger. But when somebody asked Jesus what were you know what what was the most important thing in, on the spiritual path, and he said, uh, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart." So connect with Spirit Creator in your way on a regular basis. You know, in a way that's real truthful, you'll know. It's God is omnipotent, omnipresent, all-knowing. So, you know, if you tune in to, you open yourself up to whatever it is, that entity, the one, has got you covered. So open your, even if you're like, I don't even know if I believe in God, how can I love God? Just open yourself up to the possibility that some there is some benevolence in this world that people genuinely want to be kind to others more than they want to harm others. And if you can open yourself up to that, then you're ready for the second part of it, which is love your neighbor as yourself. Recognize the other person as you. Okay, everyone. Love you. Peace. <laughs>